When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. Football is here. We got some spring practice to talk about, specifically A-Day. We got a scrimmage in Jordan-Hare. Uh, we were up, allowed up to 40%, 28% um, of the capacity of Jordan-Hare was filled up, around 25,000 fans. Uh, it was a fun time. I was able to go um, with uh, 25,000 other Auburn fans. Um, it was a great day. I think it was supposed to rain a little bit, which was nice. I don't think it rained at all um, pretty much during the whole day in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, Jared, just overall, what did what did you get to see uh, since you were at home uh, watching it from the TV. Uh, what do you overall think about uh, A-Day? Was that a subtle jab there of like, hey, I got to go, and hey, Jared, you were at home, so what did you <laughs> think about it? <laughs> uh, I wanted well, to be there. I wanted to be there. I, could, I could, <laughs> couldn't make it happen, so I'm glad you got to go. It did look like nice weather. Uh, probably a little cooler than, than we normally would expect for an A-Day. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't a jab, I, I promise. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. It, it's hurting me, but you didn't mean it that way. You're too nice of a guy. Um I, you know, I, it was fun to watch. I, I've actually gone back and watched a couple of drives again. Um, just, just seeing football. We got the new regime at the head of uh, everything. Uh, you know, I, I looked a little more into a uh, second time around was watching like, okay, how, how's the pass blocking and all that. Usually you're just watching quarterbacks. So I thought, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty good to, to watch it at the house. Probably got to see a little more than you did there. Um, so I'm excited to, you know, to talk about what I, what I saw. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like a, from the stadium, there was good energy around it. The players looked like they were out there playing well, even with, I mean, they've only been in how many practices now, like a, pretty much a dozen or so practices where they've actually installed all the offenses and defenses schemes and all that kind of stuff. And yet it seemed pretty good. I know they're still at the base level, um, but they're getting there. And, uh, you know, this, this is, you know, I feel like you can't really tell, oh, great. The offense is going to be good or it's not going to be good after an eight day. I mean, you're, you're just at the beginning stages of it or even on defense. I mean, the schemes that we're doing that Derek Mason is doing, uh, they, they look a lot different and offensively, they definitely look a lot different. Um, let's, let's just kind of talk overall, uh, about offense and kind of what you saw because, uh, there was maybe one time where like there might've been a Gus Malzahn type play that Auburn fans might've freaked out. <laughs> but for the most part, it was new ish type plays that I feel like were good. They were, um, kind of different. Obviously it was first team versus second string and then second team versus first team. So it was kind of like a, a mixture of all that, but Jared, let's start out with offense. What, what did you see out of offense, uh, in this a day? 
I'm going to be honest, man. I think this is the year. Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's a dark horse for the Heisman, AJ. Oh, man. I wonder if I've heard that phrase before because it's <laughs> <laughs> everywhere on Twitter. Um, yeah. If you're not in on the joke, somebody has copied that quote like a billion times. Like I feel like every tweet that I make from the ETC account, is it's somebody responds that it's hilarious um and it's not just us it's everybody i mean even bo nix's name was trending on twitter for a little bit because of people literally saying this i think while you know what you kind of said uh is like he he looked pretty good in the offense but i don't know like heisman already like i feel like this jumping the gun pretty hard well i I had a buddy uh who wasn't able to watch and he sent me he said is bo looking that good because twitter's going crazy and i probably responded too harshly i said no um but what i meant was i mean it wasn't anything he was doing bad but i wasn't watching bo play and say oh this guy's a dark horse heisman i mean i didn't expect that though it's a brand new offense oh no they haven't had much time to practice. He's got brand new receivers, and two of them aren't even playing, mm-hmm. um, you know, in Capers and Jackson. So I didn't expect a lot. I will say that first play being a screen, I think it was actually the second team offense because Tank ran the kickoff back. So first play, <laughs> yeah. screen pass, and I, I got a little nervous. Got a little nervous. Wide receiver screen. I said, is Gus calling plays? Uh, <laughs> All the but, way in Orlando. <laughs> But on the flip side, Bo's first play, even Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz tweeted about this. It was under center, play action, throw to a tight end. Yeah. Have you heard that before? It's been a very long time, Auburn fans, since you've heard under center and in the same sentence, throw to a tight end. (laughs) Tight end. Completed, and it was like a 10-yard play. I mean, yeah. And it was to Jake Fromm's brother. I, I always forget he's on the team. Yeah, Tyler Fromm's on there, and he's... Uh, I think finding a little spot and in this offense as a tight end. I mean, there were times where I, I one of the things I kind of liked, and you know, we had kind of been hinted at, hey, my, under Mike Bobo and Brian Harson, we're going to see multiple tight ends on the field. We did. There were multiple times where there were at least two tight ends on the field, and you get some big body guys out there like tight ends that are six seven, and they're going up against dbs that are just a little over sometimes right at six feet you got some good length there that they can uh throw at so i'm i always love that as long as the tight ends they 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 may at this point be our i feel like the stronger strength (laughs) of our receiving core um at least at this point i think there's definitely some growth i mean harson harped on it i feel like throughout spring practice and even after this game the wide receiver core has a lot to work on um, which is to be expected when you know Seth Williams and uh, Elijah Stove and uh, Anthony Schwartz are all gone. Those were our top guys um, that that we've had over the last few years. So it, it's kind of to be expected. Um, but honestly, okay, uh, let's talk about you know wide receiver to quarterback. I feel like there there needs to be uh, some chemistry that needs to be built um, around that. Um, what what do you think needs to happen to get to a spot where we can have a consistent passing game? I don't know. I think it's probably going to be time. I, I do think there's already a connection with Elijah Canyon and Bo. Um, you know, not just uh, – you know, we were wondering was – okay, was Elijah a one-hit wonder, that, that deep bomb in the bowl game? Yeah. I don't think he is because he was running legit routes. I don't think he dropped a pass. 
Um, he found space in the end zone, and that was kudos to Bo, too, because Bo was supposed to keep rolling on that, I think. He saw it right away, and mm-hmm. it just showed his arm talent. He didn't even step. He just slung it you yep. know, to the back of the end zone. Um, I think they got a good connection. You know, I think it was Schwartz that said Kobe Hudson is looks the most ready, receiver-ready, and he does. Like, when you watch him play, he looks like a receiver. Um, he's, he's, he dropped a few passes, and apparently that is one of the problems. Um, but you know, you would assume that can be fixed or corrected with, uh, practice. The one thing that scares me, and I don't know this, and I would have done the same thing. One of his drops was over the middle when a a defender was approaching. Mm. And I don't know how you outcoach that. I mean, if, if you're scared to go over the middle, I listen, I would be too, but it was (laughs) one of those where he kind of short armed it because it was traffic. Um, but other than that, he does look like he had a couple catches. He looks like a good receiver. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, you hit on it. Elijah Canyon kind of seemed to be the the highlight of the receiving core uh, from this game, and I agree. I, I don't think he's a one hit wonder that we saw uh, in the bowl game last year, and then we won't see him again making any catches. Like I legitimately think Elijah Canyon is going to be one of the main guys that we go to uh, during this season as uh, as kind of a you know all around kind of wide receiver. I mean. He kind of does remind me of like I don't know if he's up to the Seth Williams standards, but he's one of those guys that he's he goes and, he, he he's, goes and gets the ball. Yeah, he's he's a tall guy, uses his body well. It appears, and yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to have the you know Seth could also juke players and and leap over them. I don't we haven't seen that yet, but no, I don't think you're out of I don't I think that's a good comparison. Um, you know, to to Seth, um, I will say I'll go ahead and say it right now. And of course, I said. Shedrick Jackson would lead the the team last year. Um, I, I, barring injury, I I think Elijah Canyon's got to he'll be the number one receiver. I mean, just based off what we saw, I think he had like yeah. seven targets and caught them all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I would not be surprised if he leads the team in receiving next year. Yeah, and even Xavion Capers, uh, I know he's been out. Um, he ended up having a foot foot surgery uh, back in January, but he got to the point where. Uh, I think he just, the injury took a little too much out of him. And yeah, he, I mean, good thing right after the bowl game, he got injured in the bowl game uh, to go ahead and get it knocked out. So, uh, you know, he's able, hopefully by the time fall rolls around that he can actually come and uh, play full speed. And I think he's going to be another one of those that you'll, you'll see uh, on Saturday a good bit. Who Who's number six? Cause he got a lot of attention and he actually had a couple of good catches. He, they kind of would, they did like one of those like uh, slip screen, you know, bring the receiver back to the middle of the field, and he was returning punts as well. I don't know him, uh, but he he seemed to get a lot of focus as well. So maybe they are seeing good things in practice. Yeah, I mean Javarius Johnson, that's number six. Um, okay. Yeah, he was he he was one of the main targets. I feel like um, from the quarterbacks that played, and then uh, like you said, he's he's got some potential for. Uh, punt returns maybe kickoff returns we didn't see him at kickoff return but uh, you know that's kind of showing me if he's at punt return already um he was the first guy out when we punted he was the guy out there receiving punts i mean i think we lost all of our returning punter punt returners so we're trying to figure out that that position um i'm sure but hey whenever javarius johnson was out there there they kind of did live i'm putting in air quotes here uh because they were kind of running at him, but they weren't really going to hit him or anything. Um, 
just to kind of you know, get his, uh, get the tempo and the pressure up where the guy's going to be in your face when you catch it. Um, just making sure you, you filled the punt, uh, cleanly. Um, all right, let's also talk about the other quarterbacks and kind of running backs. Uh, so we also had Grant Loy, Demetrius Davis, Trey Lindsey, uh, Sawyer Pate, and Chyle Garnett. Uh, so we had you know pretty much all six of our quarterbacks at some point get to, uh, to play a good bit. The Grant Loy uh, was the obvious number two. Uh, he got a good number of the snaps. We don't even think, yeah, we didn't even see Demetrius Davis until really the third quarter of the practice. Um, but that's to be expected. Demetrius is a a freshman. Um, and I think, uh, Grant Loy is one of those that, uh, he can just be a solid backup. Um, but I mean, you're kind of seeing there, there's definitely a drop off, um, between, uh, what Bonix is able to offer and what Grant Loy is able to offer. Um, but I mean, there's a reason Bo's kind of our quarterback right now. Um, despite, you know, people always rooting for the favorite player on the team, the backup quarterback. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, but Jerry, what do you think about the quarterback play and, uh, how the running backs, uh, handled, uh, all these different kinds of new, new things that were thrown at them? I didn't even get to see Demetrius Davis's, uh, 43 yard pass but i did oh. see him i did see him scrambling stuff even without seeing him, i'm going to make this comment he's got to be our number two i mean I, nothing against grant loy at all but if it comes down to grant loy can come in and manage if bo you know is getting checked out in the in the booth but if if bo's out for a number of games it's it's gonna have to be somebody and mm-hmm. and, the, and with the talent davis has i mean we forget i mean we we kind of just throw push it to the side he was the number three dual threat quarterback in the nation um and I think he broke, you know, some records in Texas. So, you know, he's he's a legit guy. Yeah. Um, now he's five ten, and but you know, there's a couple of uh, I think there may be a five ten guy who just retired uh, NFL that'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, um, you know that that can still be done. So I guess my point being, nothing against any of these people. We're just talking strictly on the field. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a huge drop off after Bo. And I'm hoping uh, Davis may be the only one to have the talent to fill that that huge drop off. Yeah, and he's he's got a little bit different skill set. Like Grant Loy is going to be a more pocket passer, uh, but Demetrius, I mean, you even saw it. He had uh, really a good run when I think the it was it looked like a design run play, or maybe he only had like one guy he was going to look at, and if he was covered, then he was going to bolt for it. But either way, it was good to see his legs. Um, because I mean we've seen it in film. It was good to see in Jordan Hare. Uh, he's got the legs to to run, um, and he did have that one dime uh, to Malcolm Johnson Jr. That was ended up being in the air pretty much the whole time for forty three yards. It was beautiful, um, and uh, I mean that's that's that was I think probably one of the bigger and flashier plays uh, of the day. Um, so if you if you think about it, and again I'm not trying to this guy may never start for auburn but if you his high school film it was all deep passes so essentially it's either he uses athleticism to run or throw deep passes but if you go look at like justin fields and those guys they're throwing deep passes really well and that's really what they're doing Mm -hmm. um now Bo, the difference is Bo throws the short pass very well like Bo's accuracy is 71 percent under 10 yards and he's throwing like two picks in his whole life uh (laughs) Over 10 yards, it's 31%, and he's thrown nine interceptions. Um, and I think we saw that again on Saturday. Like, the deep pass was not there. Now, 
Harson later on came out and said that coaches know things that we don't, and he made it sound like all those were on the receiver. Yeah. And it may be. The only thing that scares me a little bit is both threw a deep pass to Kobe in the end zone, and he jumped again when he threw it. <clears throat> and I don't know if he thought he had to to get more on it or what, um, but going back to fundamentals, you know, there was still room. The ball landed at the goal line, and there was 10 more yards to get it further into the end zone where yeah. Kobe would have been the only one. Yeah, that's a good point, and it, I'm sure that's – I mean, that's still one of those things where you – uh, especially for Bo Nix, who has this will be his third offensive coordinator and third quarterback coach, and uh, there's just a lot of different teaching and a lot of different, probably and in some points, some bad habits that he's got to break at some point um, to get the reliable footwork, the reliable uh, throwing motion that he's got to have uh, to get those longer passes um, and to do it in a game-like situation or a scrimmage. Uh, consistently. I mean, there's there's a point where he's got to just break all the old habits and move on uh, with these new habits that uh, that should hopefully ultimately help him um, and make him uh, after Auburn even more marketable. Um, so I, I I think obviously we know Bo Nix is very talented, but he's still got a he's still got some work to uh, to he do. He stood in the he stood in the pocket a couple of times. Yet you know, yesterday where he wouldn't have in the past. So yeah. uh, there's improvement. Um, he's just got such a cannon of an arm. Um, so there's a lot to work with there, and hopefully Bobo and Harson can can mold that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there were some other times where I, I was looking at it, and I don't know if it was the design of the play, like you said, but he did stay in the pocket a good bit. And uh, I was very pleased to see that. Um, I know he's not quote-unquote live, but – he was in there in the pocket uh kind of handling things um and if he needed to he did scoot out of the pocket and uh there was even a time i think he scooted out of the pocket and ended up scoring but then he got called back at the five yard line though if i'm being honest i think bo Nix would have you know oh he'd have scored that live action (laughs) nobody was gonna actually tackle him i think it was jj pegues that got his hand on him yeah um but yeah that he would have scored oh yeah he'd had a rushing touchdown and probably a few more he had several good scrambles. You just hate for him to have to do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but yeah, he's very athletic. He's a gamer. Got a cannon of an arm. Yeah. He's got to get that. He's got to get that footwork right. Yep. Definitely. Um. A little something on the running back. So we obviously saw Tank. Uh, he looked pretty solid. Had that forty-six yard, uh, really right. explosive run. He did all right. I mean, he's Tank Bigsby, and uh, I think he's going to be good for this offense. But. Another guy, and I, I tweeted this, I legitimately think Sean Shivers is a perfect candidate for this offense. He's not just going to be kind of like, you know, Gus kind of, you know, using him as like second or third string, like just the gadget kind of guy. I think he's going to get more of that, uh, more than that. Um, I think it's going to be a more consistent role because Tank obviously has the ability to do just about everything. But the way Shivers hits holes, it's like a one-cut hit the hole. And that's what Shivers needs. If he could find a way to uh, see ahead of the play, like like Tank was able – Tank juked the safety 15 yards away from the safety. Well, Shivers is going to like – he's looking for somebody to run over. <laughs> so I totally agree with you. I think Shivers looked amazing. And that line, if they were getting them to the second level, if Shivers can find a way to like avoid the player – yeah, I mean he could start turning he could start turning fifteen yard runs into thirty, forty, fifty. Yeah, um, and I totally agree with you. He hits the hole well. 
they need to work on maybe his vision a little bit of like, all right, look, start thinking ahead because Tank's yeah. thinking ahead. Yep. And I don't know if you can teach that, if that even if it makes sense. But you I put them under, you put them through enough scenarios, and then you start to get their eyes instead of looking five yards down the field to ten yards down the field, and that's when you can. I, I mean, I think that's where the vision starts. I was very pleased with Shivers. I I thought he probably was my surprise player. Um, yeah. I thought the O-line run block, we're probably going to get to that. I thought run blocking, they picked right up where they were when they were healthy last year, maybe even uh, improved a little bit. Uh, run blocking, have no problems. And even Tank made a comment. He said, he said, he said this group's going to be great. So, I think so, too. I mean, you start thinking about the run offense at the end of last year uh, really was kind of one of our uh, – if you're running, they could open up some holes. Tank would hit them. Shivers would hit them. Um, it was just when they're in pass offense where the the line had to really kind of hold hold the defenders off for a little bit. That was that was when things broke down. And I I, I think that's something that with this power run offense, I mean, there were times where I looked at the formation, we essentially had six down linemen, offensive linemen, plus a, an extra tight end. So you're essentially having like seven guys that could potentially just be a run blocker for. And if you start doing that over and over, I mean, it just, it'll wear down on a team because I'm thinking back to when we played, uh, who was it? Um, trying to think, Oh, uh, Minnesota, they kind of did the same kind of thing. They would do, they were a power run. They would sometimes have their big man set where they would have like six or seven linemen on the field at the same time. And they were Northwestern in the bowl game. Was it Northwestern? Yeah, we played Minnesota last year. Well, yeah, I was thinking. I, yeah, I was thinking about Minnesota may, two years. You may ago. have even thought them. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I was on yeah. the same page with you. Yeah, I mean, I just remembered them doing that, and you knew what was coming. And uh, nothing you can do about it. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, and that's something that uh, offenses have gone away with. Um, and I mean, it's just like everything in life. It's like fashions. It's like uh, it, everything goes and it goes to and from. Like things return. And maybe this is one of those uh, we'll just kind of have to see if this power run of lining up six, seven guys will uh, ultimately pay off. AJ, apparently the mullets even come back. I don't know if you've seen Ooh. that. So you're talking about you're talking about what's gone and come back. But um, I think you're right, man. You make a great point. I was actually going to hit on it. I think we <laughs> everything's become spread, go fast. I think we are going to be most successful if we go back to the boring basic of power run and I think we need to run 60-65% versus passing. Um, listen, there there is no denying that our, our best option is a healthy tank. And oh, yeah. with Shivers playing like he was, that's not a bad option either. Oh, yeah. um, we do not need to put this on Bo's shoulders, and not necessarily only because of Bo, but because every receiver out there has no experience, um, except for Shedrick Jackson and you know Capers has a little bit. I, I, our best chance to win, it may not be pretty, that defense, I think, is going to be nasty. Go out there, run the ball, don't make mistakes, play good defense, win the field position battles, and you're going to win some games you're not supposed to, probably. I mean, that that's kind of what I'm honestly hoping for. Uh, I mean, anytime when you have a first-year head coach and you've still got some talent like Auburn does, I think we, we're expected to win you know a good number of our games. But there may be some games that we – just are able to put everything together. The players, you know, start, finally start a light bulb goes off. They finally see something. They're finally figure it out. 
and and there's going to be games that where we see a lot of growth um in this next season um it'll take a while but i feel like our schedule kind of works out pretty good for that with the four non-conference games at the beginning uh and you kind of build upon that as you go throughout the season um so i I think it kind of sets up well especially with us having already some well-talented players it's just now them having to learn uh new offensive and defensive schemes hey auburn fans i want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Something else. I mean, you kind of hinted at it already about, offensive line but i do think the offensive line run wise was doing well um i mean they opened up that huge hole for uh for tank to run right through i mean there's multiple times where shivers kind of did the same thing um even we haven't even mentioned his name devin barrett was out there um since he it's so good to see him so good to see him again um because what was it like he came in as a running back switched to defensive back and then wasn't on the team last year but he's here for his senior year, which I thought was kind of cool that they were able to get him back. And that also helps with running back talent and running back depth uh, that we very much need. Yeah, don't forget he was a four-star. I know people get caught up in stars. I mean, he's you know he's not just a guy you put out there. I mean, yeah. he, was, you know, he was a four-star, and maybe, maybe from Florida, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got talent. I, I think uh, he's just never been utilized properly. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just want to talk about, um, on offense. And I thought this was a interesting quote from Nick Brahms. Um, so he was asked about Auburn's offensive line this spring. He said, one of the things that we're lacking was football IQ. Um, he says that offensive line will friend, uh, has taught them to read defenses and focus on the looks that they're being given instead of just, you know, running through the play on offense, which Kind of made me think there's a slightly, at least on offensive line, um, and, and I think this may honestly be larger than the offensive line, is a difference in mentality of uh, you've got to play. Obviously, you called it, but what if the defense gives you something else? How do you adjust to that? How do you uh, you know tweak things to make the play still work? Um, and I think that's where, especially on offensive line, 
you kind of read what the defense is giving you because a lot of times you don't even know who's going to be actually blitzing or going uh, or not. And so it's like there's a lot of uh, you kind of just almost have to react to what happens in front of you. And that's what offensive lines need to do. So uh, I think that there's a maybe a mentality change, at least offensive line. But I think Harson's even hinted at it with wide receivers. There's a lot of a lot of little details of if the guy lines up, you know, bump and run on you, you run this route. But if he he's you know seven yards off the line, you run this route on this on this exact same play. So it's like you have to know the little ins and outs of every single play and be on the same page as everybody else on the team. So um, I think those are only going to come with more of these reps, more of these scrimmages and game-like situations. So um, I think there's going to be some growing. There's obviously growing pains, but you're seeing some growth from those growing pains, um, which I think is ultimately uh, what we need to do, especially in spring practice. All right, Jared, let's jump over to defense a little bit. Um, I think the the game started off pretty hot. I think we already t- talked about it where there was that bubble screen. And uh, guess what? Smoke Monday read that sm- that bubble screen because guess what? He's seen that a hundred times in practice. He's like, I know, <laughs> I know this boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was fun to see like big play, big hit at the beginning. Um, and as far as like the secondary goes, I was pretty impressed with our secondary for the most part. Um, Roger McCreary was out there, still being our lockdown uh, corner out there. Um, I think every pass that went his way, uh, he defended. Um, I, there may have been like one that slipped through, but every time I was looking at him, he defended the pass, which you know that's to be expected um, with with him coming back and being a senior. Um, and uh, let's talk about linebackers because I, I think this is where you know now we're having. Uh, a little bit of a difference of the four three and three four versus how we used to run the offense under Kevin Steele, um, and, and I think the linebackers are you know slowly adjusting. You're seeing Zacoby McLean and Owen Papo um, as the first stringers, kind of starting to figure out things. They they uh, they seem more confident out there than earlier uh, when we were able to see uh, other kind of practices. So. Um, I, I was excited to see some growth there from them. And it's, it's again, more reps, you get to see more and more comfortability with it. Um, Jared, any, any kind of like things that stood out to you on defense, um, that you, uh, you saw from the A-Day game? I, I didn't do a good job of watching individual performances, but I mean, the, the second team offense just could not move the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they ended up the day with like 35 yards or something. Yeah. Um, I, it's just amazing. I mean, even if you're, even though they're your second team offense, you expect to get more than that. So I, I think we might be pretty nasty on defense. Um, you know, they mentioned tank had that turnover and they said, uh, and this was the second team defense that caused it, but, um, uh, Stitchcom or whoever the announcer was basically said that, that's been pretty common apparently in spring practices. They've been causing a lot of turnovers. Um, and you know, that's something that with Kevin Steele, we had, uh, he's a, he was a mastermind and did wonders, you know, for Auburn, but we never had a lot of turnovers. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, uh, we would get them in key moments, mm-hmm. but we never had a lot of them. Um, and you know, honestly, people forget this cause I know we're all caught up in what's going on right now. Alabama's blowing everybody out right now offensively. 
but for about you know the first five to seven years of Saban's run here, it was basically there were many games they would have lost except their defense scored a touchdown. You know, yeah. like the defense would create points for the offense. They ran the ball well, played good defense. So uh, I think that's probably what we're that's probably the mentality we need to have for this team. It's not going to be putting up forty points a game. If we're going to win ball games, it's going to be play good defense, probably create some turnovers, run the ball well, don't make mistakes. Bo manage the game, mm-hmm. um, and I think we have the defense that can do that. Yeah, uh, that's a maybe a change in our mentality there on defense. Um, that I mean, we've heard it plenty of times. Oh, there was a fumble. Oh, there was interception, and and I think. Yeah, you know, some of that is warranted. Usually defenses are better in spring practice than offenses because offenses are still installing things. But there's uh I think there's there's something to be said there because I mean even Tank, I mean that kind of looked like a regular, you know, quote unquote regular kind of, you know, he catches the ball and runs um but the defense was able to punch the ball out and that's something that I I love to see. Um I love to see that from a for like a tenacity side on the defense um, because then that kind of shows you uh, they're not just going to, I mean, ultimately tackle first tackle, but if you can get a hand on the ball to try to punch it out, do it um, because that that's when you can swing the momentum of your team uh, and maybe help you, your team win uh, from the defensive side. You, you don't usually I have no data to back this up, but I don't, you, you may not usually inherit this, much veteran leadership and skill level on defense from a fire from a previous fired regime i mean yeah you know if somebody gets fired usually the wheels have fallen off and and really it was more the offensive side defense listen i mean there's teams out there with with better five-star players but these guys have a lot of experience the secondary with mccreary and smoke monday deciding to come back um i mean uh you know zacoby mclean led the league in tackles Owen Papo was a five star who's a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they got to be licking their chops on the left, on the defensive side with what they have to work with. And um, I, I, I'm not. I'm, oh, this will be the last time I say it, but I, I, I think it's it's going to be like we're going to have good pitchers. We, we may not hit a lot of home runs, but we're going to have good pitchers. Uh, keep the score down, and we'll see what happens. But I think the defense is going to be our what we're going to rely on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, until our offense gets going, we may need to rely on our defense a little bit more. And uh, what was the the phrase from uh, Derek Mason a while ago? I think it was like he's like a kid in the candy store. Like this is uh, there's a lot of talent, and he knows it. It's just um, now using those uh, those tools that uh, Derek Mason has now been given, and all these you know, very talented players on defense. Um, using those and uh, you know putting them in you know the coaches say in the right position put them in a position where they can succeed um, and I think it, we haven't even mentioned this but you know JJ Begies you know moving from offense over to defense essentially a week before uh, you know this a day game so he, he was on offense you know doing his thing at tight end which um, you know, it's, it's kind of what we saw a little bit last year and kind of also like a gadget player in Wildcat and that kind of stuff. Uh, but they've officially moved over defensive line, which, uh, Jared, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Um, do you like it? Do you not? What's your thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't know if I said it on a podcast, but I told somebody I, I think that's the best move for him. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but with the skill set he was given and the body size, I mean, that somebody said he played center field in high school. What? Center field. No way. That's what I heard. Um, I mean, the he, that type of skill set needs to be on a defensive line because – and good for him because that's where the money is too. Yeah, um, it is. It needs to be on some kind of line, either offensive or defensive, and I think defensive. So if he can hone that craft, I mean, it's really now at this point learning how to play it because he's been given tools by God that a lot of us don't have and, and a lot of those <laughs> players don't. So now yeah. just go learn the position, and it's a pretty pretty solid equation at, at that point. If he can learn the position, I think good things are going to happen. He chased Bo down. He did. And most people will say, well, that's Bo. Bo's pretty fast. I mean, yeah, you know, he chased him down. And, um, yeah, so I think good things will come from him. They're not going to happen right away. No. But um, I-, I think it was a good move. Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw him, you know, taking reps with the, the second teamers and I think might, maybe even with third teamers. Uh, that's to be expected. I mean, he did yeah. play a little bit in high school at defensive line, um, but that wasn't his bread and butter kind of position. And uh, so he's now kind of having to come back to that and adjust back to it. But, uh, I mean, Auburn's uh, in the previous you know few years, I'm thinking about like Noah Bignogany, like transferring from wide receiver to being one of the most locked down uh, corners in the nation and then now playing in the NFL. It's like uh, there, there's some uh, truth to you don't have to be on offense to, to be a really good player, which, you know, some players, you know, they think you have to be on offense to be – you know, the flashy player. No, I think JJ Pegues playing up the middle, uh, kind of sometimes lining up right in front of the, the uh, center or something like that. I think him plugging some holes up the middle with just his capabilities. And then every once in a while, you know, when he gets that one-on-one situation, chasing down the quarterback or a running back, uh, he's got such capabilities that I think defensive line fits him super well. Um, yeah. He's, he, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's just also a good fit when it comes to, well, we lost Jeremiah Wright and uh, defensive line really got you know pretty good first stringers, but the second round or second stringers, I think we were needing some, some depth there. And so that's where I, I know JJ will come in um, and give, maybe give some fresh legs <laughs> to, to some guys. If JJ learns the basics, I mean, he's the type of guy that's so athletic that he could drop back, read, you know, read the the passing uh, line and and pick a ball off. I mean, it's true. And you just don't see that from guys that size. He's nowhere near Cam Newton level, but when you think about Cam, you're not supposed to be able to move as quick and fast as Cam does at that size. Same thing with JJ. I mean, he's a big guy that you just can't push around, and he can also do you know do a three sixty spin and hurdle. You yeah, know? so it, true. I mean, that's just it's just crazy i mean i'm just i'm glad he's on the team i hope that works out i hope this doesn't become a, oh that didn't work let's go back to offense and then he's starting to think maybe i transfer you know i don't think that's going to happen but uh yeah. you know uh, i think uh, good things uh should come from that yeah definitely um one other guy we haven't mentioned uh but it's kind of like in the Devin barrett category where uh he was off the team last year but has come back on the team as chandler wooten um, and Chandler Wooten, it's looking like he's getting comfortable because he almost had interception. Honestly, probably should have had it. Um, but one of the funny things that happened, it was happening like right in front of me in the stadium. I don't know if the TV caught it, Jared, but, uh, he 
he should have had the interception. And uh, as soon as he like runs over to the sideline after the play, he was you know just like God dang it, I missed it. And the coach was like, "Give me some tw- twenty push-ups right now." And it was hilarious. It just made oh really? Oh yeah. See, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to knock the previous staff. I don't know if that would happen. Like that might be what's going to create. Like, look, you made a good play, but you didn't. You didn't get the turnover. Yeah. I mean, it should have been a turnover, maybe a pick six. Like. That was kind of he he had it in his hands, dropped it. Um, well, think think about this. Think about the difference in that. So everything matters. We go back to Zacoby McLean. If he if he intercepts A and M last year, we win that ball game. So you think yeah. about you know we're like oh you made a good play but you didn't intercept a big whoop. No, that stuff matters. Oh yeah. Um, well, in the, in the game, uh, you know when the game's offensive based, where you know a lot of it is. Yeah, back and forth, back and forth, scoring back and forth. That uh, if you can, you know, take one of those away, the defense can do that. Uh, I feel like that that is able to help your your offense even and your whole team's mojo around it too. I mean, we I hate to say it, we may not have beaten Tennessee if Smoke Monday doesn't pick it off and take oh, it to the yeah. house. Man. That was a game. That was a momentum changer. So. That stuff's big. That's good to see. I mean, I hate it for these kids. That's a lot of work, but uh, to to have to do push-ups on that. But it it build it lets you know you got to focus more because we need that interception. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jerry. Let's uh, be, uh let's hit on the special teams at the just for a very short, brief moment. We got to see a couple guys uh, get some kickoff returns. Tank uh, Shivers uh, were kind of the main two. I think I saw. Um, Tank took the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, though honestly, I think Honors you know, had at least. Two I think hands they on were him. just letting him because Shivers <laughs> did it too. I think I think you and I could have taken one to the house yesterday, right? I mean, I think it was just like blocking, like, hey, let's you know, make sure what happens. Are we lined up correctly? Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it, it was a little bit at the beginning, like, oh wow, like, um, they they actually did it. But I was like, yeah. no, Honors was rare, like. He had yeah. two hands on the guy. Like, it's just, you know, you know, flashy. I, I feel like it was kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. I was, it was fun to watch. But I, 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 when I, after Shivers did it too, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's right. going on? Right. Is our kickoff return that bad? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Either I hope they were letting him. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, another thing you've already mentioned punt returner, Javarius Johnson, number six. Um, he got some uh, punt returns. Did you notice anybody else taking punt returns? I think that was the one I saw, but I, I don't know if there was any others. I didn't. I only saw number six. Okay. I think that might have been the only guy uh, taking punts. Um, but we did end up having, for punters, uh, Aiden Marshall and Oscar Chapman kind of uh, sharing the load there. Um, Aiden, uh, I, I honestly have my money on him. Um, I think Oscar Chapman, the, the Australian guy, I, I think there's – still a lot of growth for him um because i think aiden marshall is just i mean i remember thinking this like two three years ago when he was on the team and even last year he's just a solid like 40 to 45 yard punt guy that can punt it well um and honestly that's kind of what you need sometimes you don't need the guy that can bomb at 60 yards and then the next one you know shank it and you go 20 yards um you kind of want a little consistency um, and I think Oscar had a shank, um, early on, he was able to come back and I think get like a 43 yarder, um, out about the seven. Um, so I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think Aiden Marshall has it, but if Oscar Chapman, you know, he may come, come in there and swoop in there and, uh, get the punting job. Um, Andres Carlson, 
like normal, like we expected. Made both of his field goals. Um, made all his PATs uh, as well. Uh, made a 28-yarder and a 35-yarder. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's to be expected. I feel like he's uh, kind of an automatic guy, especially inside of 40 to 45. Um, most, pe- most people wait till like, uh, commercial break or – quarter to end to go you know refill their drink um i, I go do it when anders lines up to kick I'm like that's, <laughs> that's automatic i think time, so, to, too. time to beat the crowd beat yeah. the crowd you know yeah and i was thinking back i mean even his brother daniel carlson at time i mean like pretty much this whole career at auburn was automatic um and and that's kind of cool to see now anders after you know the first year when you know, Gus was putting him out at 50, 55 yeah, yards as a freshman. Yeah, that wasn't really his fault. Yeah. No, I mean, you're going to miss those at, from time to time. You will hit some if you've got the leg power, which Anders does. Um, but I think we're, we're – I hope we put him in good situations where he can uh, build up that confidence and make those field goals. Um, Jared, anything else? Uh, any other other observations about uh, this team now that we got to see them in A-Day and uh, – now go into a little bit of a break. I think they have one more practice on Monday, probably to review things and maybe do some walkthroughs. But uh, for the most part, the spring practice is done. Any any other observations from uh, this uh, spring practice? No, I mean, this one's kind of silly, but I don't know. Was, was the no name on the back, is that normal for A-Day, or you think that's going to be a Harson um, thing? I think it's normally like that. Okay. Because I was sure, like, I didn't know who some of these players were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that, that's it. I, I saw that, and I said, I don't know if this is a Harson thing or, or if this is just an A-Day thing, and I figured it was probably just A-Day. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Clint Richardson probably knows best, but I, I don't think they normally have it um, because, you know, Clint's the uniform database guy. He probably has all the A-Day uniforms documented somewhere, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, not a big deal. I just noticed that and thought I wonder because you know some guys. I think it was uh, Joe Paterno. He was always a no name. Like this is a team effort. Yeah. Um, did you see it? Uh, uh, I actually thought this was kind of cool. Uh, Central Florida, Gus and them. They they for their spring game. The players got to put their Twitter handle on the back of the jersey. See, like I didn't really like that. If I'm being honest. Like, oh, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of cheesy. Like a little Here's bit. Here's why. Here's why I would say necessarily for me, maybe not, but everything in recruiting matters. And so these kids probably thought it was cool. It's like Oregon's uniforms. Like they annoy some people, but the recruits kind of love them. So, I mean, um, and I can kind of see that. I mean, especially in like we're kind of moving towards maybe the, the players, you know, getting paid and, you know, from sponsors and that kind of stuff. And this is, you know, kind of their, their voice. Uh, oh, go. Oh, cool. That's. Tank Bigsby's uh, Twitter handle. Okay, cool. Let me go like, follow him right now. Like, yeah, or Insta. You know, whatever. Um, whatever it is. I'm not on Twitter, so mine would have been blank. So here we are. We're back to Auburn now. <laughs> hey, that's right. Um, Jerry, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? Well, not on Twitter, as I just said. But, you, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram just under my name, Jared Davis. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. 
So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?